fair to say you simply flooded the system with money? Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. Look at what it means. This is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Walt. The lowest rates, everything gets better all of a sudden. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. What about hard work? What about it? You work hard? Gods were like 30 to 1 against me. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that, from my neighborhood, you know, in my environment, that make it out, uh, I mean, forget about being to be successful, to make it out alive. Top of the top, everybody. The guys is back, trading places. I'm here, your host X, the prestigious team, you know. We got Rashid here with us. Yo. Tuan has come back from Yo. his one week sabbatical. <laughs> Welcome back, brother. Welcome back to the panel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a week, man. It, 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 and I know we say that, but like <laughs> Monday, when we dropped our episode, we saw crypto in a free fall. Yeah, we dropped and prices dropped. Yeah, we dropped and prices dropped. But there's no correlation there, right? Because up only is the motto. <laughs> um, it went down to 30K. Uh, I even lost a bet with somebody, a lunch bet, that it wouldn't go as low as 30. And it went low as 30. Um, but that happened and I traded on margin for the first time when that happened. I traded Bitcoin on margin for the first time when that happened. So for our listeners out there, educate them if they don't know what margin means um, and why it's, 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 it's an opportunity, um, another trade opportunity than just buying straight up. Yeah, it's, it's using leverage on an exchange to buy more, um, to take a bigger position than you actually have an asset. So for example, if I'm 5X leverage on Bitcoin, that means I can buy five Bitcoin while only having one, you know, while, while only pledging one. So you do that to enhance your returns. Um, however, it is very, very dangerous because of the volatility within cryptocurrencies. And, you know, if you're a beginner and just getting into this, I highly recommend staying away from it. It's not something that I really do that often, but just seeing how dips have been bought up um, with Bitcoin and Ethereum just in the past, just seeing how where we are on this curve with institutional demand coming, I just was like, all these quick shocks, 20, 30% down, they're getting bought up so fast, I just had the conviction to go ahead and get pull the trigger. So I, I had to get in, I had to get in. I caught, I caught Bitcoin at 31,500 and I caught ETH at 950. Mm-hmm. And that was, a, that was a great time. Yes, sir. Catch ETH for sure. Cause I just think it got as low as 915, Nine. but 950 is still a great entry point. For a leverage trade, um, obviously, <laughs> I traded with le- leverage too. Um, not that low. I was at about ten seventy. <laughs> that's when that's when I had got in. Um, and I don't think I'm going to close that position because weekends are made for ETH. And we're seeing that, right? Out, like it seems like for the past two three weekends, ETH has just bounced. Right, it's ranging right now a little bit. Uh, but as of this morning, um, it got as high as what 1250 and Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin at right now? Like 37. 
Okay, so he's okay. at 37. There's a lot of people shook. There was a lot of articles coming out talking about, see, we told you Bitcoin is dead. We knew this would go up yeah. in flames. CNN declared a bull market at 31K, which is awesome. Um, because then it proceeded to go back to 35K yeah. the next day. Um, it's so crazy how CNN, CNBC, all they're talking about and asking guests now are about Bitcoin when it's at these prices. They don't have the analysts though. Like, they have like no six idea. months ago, they, they, they was not talking about. about. They don't know what they're talking about right now, man. They, just, they have no idea, bro. Yeah, true. And even when they have like, you know, um, crypto experts in their field um, talking on their show, like, yo, they don't get it. They don't get it. Mm. They're lost. You, you, so you don't believe that anyone up there at CNBC understands it? I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some, but the ones that are doing interviews, a lot of times, some of the things they're saying, it doesn't yeah. look good. Oh. Doesn't look good. Not at all. I, there's been a couple of interviews where I watch and like, um, people that are very bullish on crypto, they're telling them like, hey, like, yo, it's time to get into Bitcoin now. Like, we're never gonna see at these prices again. And this is like when it was like back at like 9K. It was like, well, but you know, crypto is very volatile and yeah, it might hit this price, but it'll go back down. So you, you can't really say that to investors. And then bam, it's 30K, what are they saying now? We're never seeing 10K. No, you're not. Like we will never see Bitcoin at 10,000 again. Yeah, I believe that. Like them days are over. Like, the opportunity to see Bitcoin at that price, like that stops in September. I was talking to a, a there's an older guy that I know, right? And he was saying how he made some bread during the dot-com bubble. And he was like how crypto reminds him of that. Like this is the same type of energy. Yeah, that's what Mark Cuban was saying this week. So he was saying like, you know, you know, some like there's gonna be like some rises and falls, but we have yet to see what the, the Google or Amazon is gonna be. That's gonna come out of it, or even the Yahoo, because the dot com bubble came in phases. Mm-hmm. At one point, it was like AOL was dominant, and then Yahoo, and then Google. Like you could argue that this is just part three. Mm. Yeah, could be still part one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you think about, it, there's a lot of companies that was around. Think about all the companies that was around in the early 2000s, late 90s that we don't see anymore. Like, remember Ask Jeeves? Like before Google's Ask G. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you remember that? <laughs> you had Net Zero. I know Net Zero. I think Net Zero was a DC company. They ran the bag up, but like Net mm. Zero's not around anymore. No. I don't even think AOL's around anymore. No. But they did help everybody get onto the internet. Right. Right. They were important. They were important. And we, you know, we and if you invested. And if you invested, you had an opportunity to get liquidity at some point. At some point. It's all about taking profit. Like, never be afraid to take profit. See profit, take profit. Right. There will always be another opportunity. There will be always another trade. Yep. I had to remind myself of that. Like, I knocked it out. See, look, not to pat myself on the back, but Airbnb, look, I called that out last week. I knocked it out the park, but I took profits on it. I was like, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Now, Square, we beef it. But... <laughs> Uh, for Airbnb, like that shit worked out perfectly for me this week. Um, speaking of crypto, we saw Jerome Powell. 
um, say this week that he's taking a serious look at central bank digital currencies, um, CBDCs, and it's it's become a top priority for him and the Fed. Why do you think that is? Stable coins. They have to do it. Yeah. They have to do it. It's the it's the world's largest money market. Mm. Everybody can participate. You know, DeFi is growing. And what's basically happening, you just see a bunch of news flow where, yeah. you know, Anchorage, who's one of the biggest crypto custody, custody firms, Anchor Labs is another name they go by. Yeah. Um, but they just got the national, they just got a national bank charter license in the United States. That was the first one ever issued. And what they're doing is they're managing a lot of funds for hedge funds. Mm-hmm. So hedge funds who are trading crypto, they're doing it through Anchorage. And what's happening is, you know, like more people in pursuit of opportunity and pursuit of making money, more of these institutions are jumping into crypto. And because the banks aren't equipped to hold the assets, they're going to these crypto custody customer companies, Gemini, Coinbase, Anchorage, you know, and the banks are now in a position where if first PayPal's been kicking ass, Squares, Square's been kicking ass. Now you got Anchorage, Coinbase, Gemini coming, stuff overseas, and now money markets are becoming borderless and open. So it's like, okay, you can either stand up a no and get with the system, or you won't survive. Yeah. I think it's that. Well, like, I feel like the dollar, like, back in the days was, you know, backed by different things. But, like, since the, like, I'll say, like, the 80s and 90s, like, Yo, the dollar was backed by force. Like, yo, if you do not like abide by our rules and use yep. this U.S. dollar, we will kill you. <laughs> like, like, get down with the process or lay down. Like, for real. Yeah. I mean, we and we saw we see that around the world where people are opting out of the system, right? And that's that's and, a problem because it devalues our dollar. Yeah, it's devaluing their currency. I think um, Zimbabwe had that problem. Um, or it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a country in um, Africa I was reading about that they were threatening, you know, their citizens' livelihood for not using their currency. Mm-hmm. Um, now, PAL is shaping it as, well, the reason why it's a top priority for us, even though they're not in a rush to be, you know, first to it, is that they want to combat bad private sector money. Right? So that's the guys that they're... they're going on. What does that mean? I don't understand. Yeah, exactly. That. I don't even I, I don't even know what it means, right? I never when 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 I was looking at the interview, I was just like, well, what do you mean bad private sector money? And it's like, is this, you know, does this have to deal with the whole stance of we want to make sure that um there's not money moving into bad actors' hands. You know what I mean? Like I guess they want to the more I'm thinking about it, I guess this you know, Tether, so the documents for the Tether lawsuit were submitted yesterday as well. Right. I heard about that. Um, and what could be happening, because this is all coming together around the same time, this could be them being uh, like, all right, we're going to get rid of all of these unregulated stable coins. Yeah. And we need to get our hand, you know, we need to make sure that we have the dollar. Like, so Tether, bye. You know, um, and that could probably be negative for the crypto markets uh, short term. Yeah. When that explodes, mm-hmm. but that probably will explode. I think it will explode, man. 
because these motherfuckers are just creating they're literally creating synthetic acids <laughs> yeah they just made up a dollar they're like hey we can we we have a dollar for ethereum right and uh the banks are probably going to integrate with ethereum and say hey this is the stable <laughs> this is the u.s dollar um or the jp morgan coin or the city yeah. coin or some something like that or they could um, they could merge with multiple yeah and say like hey this is all us but like regulated It's it's tough to if you put our name on this. This is these are the regulations. Yeah. Right? I mean, but you got to catch up, though. You know what I mean? Like, look, we saw the the, the mayor. First off, shout out to the mayor of uh, Miami. He is working hard to attract tech talent down to Miami. He's trying to steal that you know all that talent from Silicon Valley. But he announced this week that they're exploring taking uh, Bitcoin, you know, for payments. For, right for like what city taxes or something yeah like for, yeah for like city taxes and stuff like that <clears throat> like he's open to that um and i i think it's only a matter of time before more cities fall in line and go the same direction mm. it, it, it's beneficial for them too because they can you know accumulate but yeah they they're they're considering it as an investment but they're also open, you know, they're exploring the idea of allowing citizens to pay their taxes in Bitcoin. I don't necessarily know if I would pay my taxes in Bitcoin at this, at this point. I um, wouldn't. That should tell you what they value, right? Yeah. Bingo. So right. for everybody who's like, uh, how do I value Bitcoin? Uh, if the state starts accepting it, that should tell you something. Right. <laughs> That's a fact. That's a big fact. And they're like, no, no, go ahead. Keep those dollars. You can pay us in Bitcoin. <laughs> it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be just fine. And, and there, there are many people who are thinking like this, where I would rather take, like how many businesses are now starting to think like this? Like we would much rather take crypto as a form of payment instead of dollars. Like I, I don't know if he ever kept it, but I remember when 50 Cent back in 2014 was selling an album and he was accepting Bitcoin. Because he'd, he'd be like close to a billionaire during his ball. I don't know how many, I don't know how many Bitcoins he made off of that, but he, he was accepting uh Bitcoin. Yo, 50, 50, 50's a smart man. <laughs> really smart man. Um it was an independent album. So I'm I'm not, like I'm not quite sure, but I remember in 2017, at the, like early 2018, people were calculating it, ca- calculating like how much did he make, and then he came out. Okay, the source, yeah, the sources said the Animal Ambition album pulled in about 700 Bitcoin in sales, which at the time, way back then, was worth uh, 400k. So if we were to do the math, if he were to, if he were had to keep, if he had kept. All of those bitcoins at this point, what, what would that be worth? Twenty six mil. <laughs> I made twenty six mil off my album, <laughs> and that's when people were like still spending it rather than hoarding it, right? That's bugged out when you really, you know, just think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and and they were covering this when when Bitcoin was at like ten, twelve k, because that was like. People couldn't believe it hit, you know, and they said, oh, 
50 had came out in an interview said he forgot he had that stash. And it was like eight million at that time. <laughs> Yo, 50 to go, bro. Yo, 50, 50 is the reason why a lot of cats in the entertainment industry now have endorsement deals with equity and not payment. He was the first one to do that with vitamin water. Nobody was taking equity. Now you see Beyonce and Jay-Z talk about equity, equity, equity. 50 started that shit. Like, don't, mm-hmm. get it, don't get it twisted. He started that. Like, and I still feel like that's one of the coldest hip-hop lines ever. I took Coda water, sold it in the bottle for two bucks. Coca-Cola came and bought it for billions. What the fuck? That's a hustler right there. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, we got to give our flowers, uh, you know, to five. Um, we got Biden... You know, the, the inauguration is happening this week with his presidency really quickly. Because, Twan, you had talked about how like energy was going to be a real big theme for you as far as your portfolio construction under a Biden administration. At first, I didn't pay it too much mind, but I have now started to see this boom in energy stocks within the past couple of weeks. Right. And some of these companies have no revenue. I mean, they haven't sold one product. So you have companies like Plug. You got, <laughs> uh, but there is a company out there that has come on my, on my personal watch list, and it's XL Fleet. And so I've started to kind of align with you as far as that theme is concerned because they already have blue chip customers. And what they're bringing to the marketplace is electrification as a service, where they're basically taking, um, you know, gas vehicles, commercial fleet vehicles, and converting them into electric ones. So, so from semis all the way down to pickup trucks. Mm-hmm. And I think that is like fucking fascinating. Um, what else, you know, what else have you been seeing, you know, looking at as far as just the whole energy theme now, now that we're getting ready for this Biden presidency? So um, I'm, I'm, I'm not just wrapped around energy. I'm wrapped around specifically like clean, renewable energy. Yeah. Um, cause that was one of the things that I, I, I feel, and I might be wrong, but just based off of, you know, the Obama years and the, the contribution of Biden and the people that he had around him, those are the things that he was really pushing along with, uh, better mass transportation. So like if I was to make plays around Biden's presidency, I, I would probably play like three things cannabis because of kamala harris uh transportation adjacent plays surrounding like uh you know uh things such as the maglev and uh what's the thing from uh what's his name the hyperloop uh so I don't know what plays would be going around that, but yeah, maybe like steel or something like that regarding building of, of those lines. Because yeah. he's big on mass transportation, better, better transportation. He's big in, in building into like better train infrastructure. Because he understands, like, yo, like right now our transportation infrastructure isn't the best. True. And public transportation is what really makes like, you know, cities and honestly countries, like their economies, like better. If we print money and give it to Elon Musk to build infrastructure, I'm on board with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, that sounds like a pretty good use of capital. And then, you know, 
Elon My third play would be clean energy. Anything regarding clean energy, solar panels, coal, right. maybe even like certain clean energy that's nuclear. Because I, I believe there is like nuclear clean energy. Yeah. Let me look this up. Uh oh, crypto I mean, breaking up. My fault. Oh no 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 no! Talk about it. <laughs> nah, you just you just broke twelve sixty. Oh, you just broke. Yeah, that's that's what we was looking at. It's about to test all time highs. All My right, fault. We are we on we on energy right now. No, yeah. no, it's cool. But I just wanted to bring. I was reading this very interesting article in Business Insider this week with uh, Elon Musk, and he said like their biggest constraint is nickel. They're trying to find a premier nickel uh, supply. Why they need batteries or something for batteries? Mm. And that's how Tesla wins. I mean. Like I said, transportation adjacent. So, nickel plants or uh, nickel mines. I don't. I don't know how you yeah. how you get nickel. <laughs> but I mean, but it, but that but that's how you look for those trades, right? Is trying to figure out like what's involved. So while some might just say like, okay, the layman's suggestion is, we'll just invest in Tesla. But the real prize is understanding what goes into those batteries that are put into Teslas. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's what my trading coach challenged me on. Look, I see that there is an acceleration of self-checkout kiosk, right? But he's like, okay, well, who's the chip supplier inside of those kiosks? You got to go deep. It's kind of like when I was watching an episode of Billions one time, and she was breaking up this device with a hammer. People just thought she was going crazy. But what she was trying to figure out was, who's the manufacturer behind it? you know, like the chips in this device. Right. No, that's a great point, X, because it's like you can identify a problem and then you have the the on the surface solution, but right. then you want to decompress or you want to take apart what what's all this going into, into this value chain and then wh where along this value chain, who's best positioned? You know, so who has less competition? Who has some sort of size or negotiating advantage? What What is the place that you want to be to actually play this? Yeah. You know, now that's a great point. Right, like and it, it just challenges you, but it makes it fun because it becomes a hunt. You know what I mean? From being able to talk, you know, talk to people, call around, try to figure out like, okay, who's making this, right? Who's making the glass, you know, for this device? Where are they sourcing that from? So it's going, below the surface um you brought up cannabis now during pre-pod you know we started talking about this um this is something i've been incredibly bullish on uh for, you know for quite some time at this point i'm glad to see that the sector is starting to rebound because it was in a very depressive state for most of 2020 right there was a time where you only had a handful of like the Tilrays of the world and their stock had went up as high as 300 and some change and then got depressed all the way down to $4 or $3 um, during the, you know, the early days of the pandemic, March lows, April. <laughs> and they became a laughing stock along with the rest of the industry. It wasn't just them. Um, but now we're starting to get a lot of momentum due to one, the senators, you know, Democratic senators having a clean sweep out in Georgia. Um, Kamala and Biden winning. Now, Biden has never said he was going to go full, you know, full recreational legalization. He has always been on the side of decrim decriminalization. However, like you said, Kamala, 
as a way for making up for all the people that she locked up, particularly black men. You're not going to avoid that. For cannabis, she's trying to course correct. Um, and as I try to tell people, because, you know, few people hit me up about it because they know I, I'm obsessive about this industry and learning it. And I talk to people that are operating in the industry. I, I am still of the belief that once America fully legalizes or gets close to it, that American multi-state operators will knock Canadian operators out of the park. Mm. That being said, there's plenty of opportunities to make money off Canadian companies as well. But there are companies that you can't get on Robinhood that you mm. can position yourself in right now. So once you're ready to put on your big boy pants and step up to TD Ameritrade, that's where you can get access to these companies because technically they can't ex- they can't trade on larger exchanges just yet. However, there was a few moves that was made this week that is hinting that these companies are getting ready for that you know that that legislation to change where they can uplist on New York Stock Exchange. Particularly moves that was made by True Leaf, which is killing it right now in Florida. Um, so I'm keeping my eye on that, but also Cresco Labs. So I always tell people, they're gonna say, well, what's the cannabis companies that you favor the most? And it's not just bias, it's like really looking at their business, how their products are moving, um, in which states do they have exposure in? Cureleaf, Cresco Labs, Truly. And then a real estate play that you can buy on Robinhood because it's a non-plant touching business. So you don't have to just invest in plant touching businesses. There are non-plant touching businesses. Hmm. When we had called out IIPR back in May, it was trading at around 60 something. Uh, as of close yesterday, I, I think it's above 187. Um, so those are there are opportunities out there like that. There's also Kushko Industries. They sell the packaging for this industry. So it's the picks and the shovels, you know? So look into these companies. That being said, I'm not of the belief that we're gonna get full-blown adult legalization this year. Look, we still don't even have a safe banking app. These companies still can't use banks. But Twan, Hey, but. But, you can't use crypto. <laughs> you know. But. You know, like, it's some moves that need to be made. It's some moves that definitely need to be made. But, Twan, you are the belief, you just said something pre-pod that you think that so America I, might fuck this up. Yeah, I think America might fuck this up. I'm, I, I think, I'm not in agreement with you entirely in terms of this Canadian thing, right? Yeah. And the reason why, like, so like everywhere, like everywhere else, they've had b- cannabis businesses have years ahead of America operating and sustaining in a regulated market. Yo, That's American true. businesses are, we're not even there yet. We're not. So like, yo, when it comes time, like to dealing with the hiccups of regulation, guess who can come in and just buy up these American companies that still have to learn the regulations because it's all new to them. Foreign companies. And who's right next door? The Canadians. Yo, if you used to look at back in the days when they legalized alcohol, where did, they, where did we get our alcohol from? Cuba and Canada, right? The mm. gin came from Canada. Later on came Seagram's gin. And the rum mm. came from Cuba. Later on came Bacardi. So, yo, that. bam. 
I mean, yeah, you had those, you know, the rum rum houses and shit in 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 the in the in the south and all throughout. Right. But like, yo, who came through dominant? The foreign competitors. Mm. And that could happen again. Yo, until we get this under control, like, yo, like I said, we could fuck this up. American companies can totally lose it all. I mean, that's that's a really strong point. Uh, I didn't know that about the history of... uh... The second thing that I got to bring up is like, yo, the culture of America in terms of businesses is just straight up stamping out the competition. So when foreigners come, guess what's going to happen to us? What? They're going to stamp us the fuck out. (laughs) Yo, yo, we're not even there yet. We don't have the infrastructure. Nah, but if they could afford to, and this infrastructure is getting built right now. But they can. Yo, they've already made billions of dollars in a regulated market. Billions. Sure. Sure. But fun fact, the California legal cannabis market dwarfs the entire Canadian cannabis market. Yeah, I mean, the California... cannabis market is consolidating as well but it's a different story different story once things get legalized and things are regulated you know what i mean it's a different ball game because now you're not just operating in california you gotta learn how to operate in all 50 states right. and they haven't even came up with the, the rules and regulations for that yet yeah we, i mean we don't we, there is no regulatory framework but at the same time and i'm not saying like oh i don't think there's gonna be no winners out of canada Canopy Growth is one of those companies that I think is going to win. And, mean, the reason, and the reason why is because they got a massive investment from Constellation Brands. Constellation up, Brands owns, I think, almost half of Canopy Growth at this point. The other thing that you said earlier, I think it might have been pre-show, uh, was that Tilray's merging. So these companies are consolidating in preparation to buy up American com- companies, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah, I mean, Tilray definitely has some exposure to the U.S. market already. Uh, if you've ever been in Whole Foods and you see those products called Hemp Hearts, um, they're made by Manitoba Harvest, and, uh, and, and I might have butchered that shit, that name. But they bought up Manitoba Harvest for like a couple hundred million a couple years ago. So they're, but they're, you know, that play was, let's buy the distribution points. So if you start making cannabis green juice, guess what? You already have... Whole Foods is a supplier. You already have a pre-existing relationship. So you're right. You're right. They definitely have a leg up in some ways. But I'm also of the belief that like their products can't fuck with a lot of the products that are made that are homegrown in places like California. That's fine. They buy them out. Upstate New York. Yeah. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, I mean, California has more people than Canada. So, like, when you just think about the industry, and that doesn't even account for, you know, how things are spread across in the country of Canada, whereas, like, you have major cities, you know, major, really, really big, well-developed hubs in California, a lot of R&D. So, I I don't know. I I don't know the industry well enough to really comment other than um, just that, you know, U.S. is a lot bigger. And California companies, I would think that, I would think that, you know, just all the R&D and sort of the, the talent, I would think that we should hopefully be able to figure this out somewhat, wow. unless there's a cost issue so like, um, with labor, which I, don't, a, I just don't know. Here's a perfect example of how they did it. They could do it. So, like, I read this article in Harvard Business Review not too long ago, like maybe like a month ago, and it was yeah. about the company L'Oreal, right? L'Oreal was like a, a, a French, like, beauty company, like, mm-hmm. been around since the 1800s. 
but they had huge issues penetrating the American market. Because when they came over here initially, nobody was buying this stuff. You know what I mean? Because America has like different beauty markets. You have the black beauty market, and then you have like, you know, basically the white beauty market. And so like what they did when they came over, instead of them trying to reinvent the wheel and um, Mm -hmm. them, uh, we call it creating from start in America because the market is different. What they did was they bought up all these American companies. So they bought up the black, like these black hair companies and black beauty companies. Yeah. And they bought up all these like weird, like weird, like Southern companies because they realized they appeared, they appealed to different markets. These Canadian companies in terms of cannabis could literally do the same thing. Literally. Oh, they're, they're going to have the funds. Some. They have the money. They, they can go the into Canada, Canada and they can go in, um, they can come from Canada, mm-hmm. go into Colorado, buy up some of the top dispensaries. Right or buy out some of the pop, top yeah. distributors. Well, I think once we... some of the top growers, grow grow, grow ops, they could do the same thing in Canada. That's a fact. I, I was gonna say that um, they've already tried, and, and you know when people tell me oh, I want to get in the cannabis industry, oftentimes they just want to open up a dispensary. But I tell them opening That's up over. a dispensary at this point is it's, you're late. Like it's over because the minute that they do go full. Nat- nationwide legalization. Guess who's going to sweep up those dispensaries? CVS. They're going to force you to consolidate. <laughs> and you're not going to be able to compete with their prices or their footprint. Right? So you're right about that. And then um, Cookies, Bernard, the, the CEO and founder of um, Cookies, said that um, a Canadian LP tried to buy him out for $800 million, and he turned them down. And a big reason, there's a big reason for that. Cookies has a demographic that 99% of these other companies in the U.S. and Canada have not captured yet. And that's black and brown communities. And probably never will. So you got you to gotta come with a... Because, I mean, because Burner is plugged into music. <laughs> like, he's deeply plugged into music. Yeah, he is. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I don't... I feel like the loyalty that he should have and the name that like the weight that his name holds, you know, within the community, I, I would I would hope that they never get that. Yeah. Yeah, he said he turned them down because they wanted to give him 800 million in stock. And he was just like, I'm not trying to do that. He was just like, I also know these companies have the money and they'll probably come cash me out. He was just like, if you're going to cash me out, I want billions. On top of billions, because I know my brand is that strong. And it is. <laughs> and it ain't too many. Look, it ain't too many brands out there that has captured us. As right. a why would you why would you sell before the inflection point of the good news? <clears throat> like we haven't even gotten the good news yet. That's a fact. So like, yeah, like shout out to Bernard. That's that's yeah. dope. Play this smart. Like 800 minutes. Like, why take 800 when I probably can get eight bill? <laughs> yeah. Probably can get 10 billion. Look, if, if Constellation Brands is willing to buy out companies or like Pepsi, I remember Pepsi bought out the uh, creator of the, um, the machine that makes like the, 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 the fuzzy bubbles for your water, like that makes sparkling water at the home for you. I forget what it's called. They bought them out for $3 billion. Deadass. Like, so when I look at that, I'm like, <laughs> of course, they got to come with a bag for someone like Cookies or... Sherbinsky's, they have to. Because these are cultural products at this point. 
you can see somebody with a cookie shirt and you know that brand. Mm-hmm. There ain't that many cannabis brands out there where you say, oh yeah, I know that brand. Or where you got people lining up outside your store like it's a fucking Jordan retro release. It's the Jordan the weed, bro. It, it really is. <laughs> I've never seen people line up for any other brand. Like and, he, and he has a celebrity and tied into music. You know what I'm saying? Like he's all the work from, but from him, Jacka to him, Wiz to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like Spitta, like- Larry June, Larry June, Burner Exactly, Pop. like they're never taking that, bro. They're never taking that. Like you, you, you can't build that up. As, you know, as a Canadian company, you, you're not going to be able to build that up. And they just struck a, a major deal. They're going to be the first big dispensary on the strip, not off the strip in Vegas, on the strip, right next to the Louis Vuitton store. Think about that. He knows what he has on his hand. And he's licensing the name now. Did I say, did I say the Jordan? I meant the Ferrari. The Ferrari of, of, of cannabis. Yeah. And they got high-end brands that are selling out. The Gary Payton, I ain't trying to get it. Can't wait to get back out to California and try that. Uh, so, but yeah, this, this industry is going to continue to grow. So just check it out. You know, stay in tune for people that want to get educated on it. And I always say check out like newcannabisventures.com, mjbizdaily.com. I mean, I, I, I have a ton of uh, CB1 cap. Shout out to Todd Harrison. He's been in this space for quite some time. He's a former hedge fund dude. Basically doubled down on it in 2012. Just went all in, all his money in it. You know what I mean? So pay attention to people like him. Uh, there's some other grizzles uh, there. They, they have a lot of good insight on the Canadian companies. But get educated on this space because right now these prices are still cheap. Like, I'm not going to be surprised two, three years from now if I see Cureleaf trading above 100, 200. I will not be surprised. And at some point, Afria or Tilray, whatever they trade under, with that consolidation, they're making a lot of moves on the on the medical side. And you also got companies like GW Pharma, and to this day, they they still have the only FDA approved uh, drug that uses cannabis as a derivative, epidiolex, which is used for kids with epilepsy. Um, so there you go. Um, Shifting things back to you know to crypto, you know you said it was breaking out. Um, yeah, twelve seventy five Ethereum. Twelve seventy five Ethereum. So has alt season really begun now? Like, especially it seems like Bitcoin is ranging a little bit. Like it's like you said, it's a lot of resistance at forty k. So could this be the sign that alts is really about to pop off? I mean, nobody has a crystal ball, but like right. I, I think I think like I'm biased bullish. Like I, I have a fundamental belief that we're going up, you know, um, you know, when you zoom out. So what happens next week, I don't know. Um, but but some of these patterns are when Bitcoin reaches resistance and slows down and starts to consolidate, meaning trading within a smaller range, you know, settling somewhere between 35, 40K. If it does that, maybe for a week or two weeks, then we could see activity start to pick up in some of the other coins. Um, so Ethereum, and we're already seeing that activity. I mean, Chainlink is up 20% today. Cardano is up 20% today. Um, Parsec was up like 50% today. I would need to go to CoinGecko and just look, but it's a lot of green. It's a lot of green. I mean, uh, Polkadot passed XRP today. Polkadot is up 33%, 33 and a half percent. 
Um, what else we got? Aves up 31% today. Tezos up 20% today. Synthetics 16%, 26% for Cosmos, 32% for Uniswap. I mean, everything is moving. So, how can you not make money, basically? Throw a dart. Not financial advice. <laughs> but, but yo, it's, it's really true, though. Like, there was a time if anybody was around during the last bull run, you literally could just throw a dart. You could wake up that day. I remember Twan would find shit that he would put money into and it would be up like 80% a day. <laughs> and you'd be like, what? You're like, yo, son, this is joint over here. That's all finance. Yo, look at this other joint over here. Like, yo, it, it just kept going up. Hey, bro, I'm just on. This is, this is crazy. Remember how I told you about ThorChain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, you told us about it at 80 cents. Yeah, <laughs> look at that shit now. I know, bro. It's crazy. Everything, bro. Everything. All the all the good projects are moving. Yo. All the good projects are moving. Uniswap broke all time highs. Hold look, I, when, when we started the when we started the episode, Uniswap had just broke all time highs of eight dollars. It's now at nine dollars. About forty minutes later. Mm. Um, like everything is breaking up. Not everything, but like most things that are good are breaking out. Rent is at 56 cents. That's 47% for the week. Doorchain is up 54% for the week. Ocean Protocol up 37% for the week. Ave 74%. Oh, Parsec 175% for the week. Fuck. Like it's just green. It's green. Bitcoin is static. We had some. We had to go down for a minute and then come back up, and it's consolidating. And we see we're seeing activity in all points. Huh? That is crazy. And Polka dot seventy five percent in one week. Yeah. Um, yeah, everything is moving, man. I hope it doesn't stop. I want to keep going. Even Ripple Day. Would you look at that, yo? Ripple is up. And I think Coinbase, Grayscale said they're dissolving their Ripple trust. I think Coinbase is ridding Ripple of their platform as of tonight, I believe. I think it's the 16th, right? I think mm. it's, it's a wrap. Um, I don't know where you would go sell your Ripple at this point other than maybe the dollar store. I'm not sure, though. Is Monero up? Somebody do a check on Monero. I mean, 4%. Really briefly, did you did you see the dude who has 280 million of Bitcoin sitting on a ledger? Yeah, and up. he has two password attempts left. And if he doesn't crack it, he loses Pour one out. all of it. Pour one out. Pour one out, son. There was another dude a hard drive with about 70 million or something like that on in Bitcoin in 2013. And he's willing to, he put a bounty out there for somebody to help him find it in like a scrapyard. Seven years later, I don't know if you're going to get lucky to find that shit. Yeah. 1285 Ethereum. Somebody stole that shit. So, <laughs> hey, this is just a lesson. The lesson here is keep multiple copies of your private keys and spread them out. 
spread them out in different parts of the country. Put them in different safes. What a bozo. <laughs> 200, so do you know how sick I would be knowing I throw away a hard drive or like even 10 mil, 20 mil, like just, just out there? Like I, I tell you all the time, I got one free Bitcoin that I got years ago that's just out there. Yeah, but I'm not really bugged out over that. But if I had a thousand of them joints, oh, I'd be sick. I'd be fucking sick. I feel I like the way when I lose a dollar, nigga, you think. <laughs> I lost my mind. I lost shit. 200 mil. Yo. Yo, that's crazy. Hey, but it's some good news. It was, it was a nigga, who, a nigga who, who recovered his private keys and he was able to get 4 million of his Bitcoin back. So, you know, that was good, but it don't compare to 280 of them things. Like hey, 280 is like life changing money. That's that's not just your life changing money. That's your that's your family life changing money. So so let's let's help the people let's help the people make this life changing money because we're breaking out. We're breaking out. ETH is at 1290 now. Okay. So what's about to happen? What's on our watch list? What should people be looking at? Um, I know everything is pumping right now, but if we were to have an off-season, what are some of the alts that you guys are excited about? Um, I continue to pay on the table on synthetics, man. Like, I fucking love that project, dog. Synthetics is crazy. When you really sit back and look at it, that shit is crazy. Synthetics, Stellar. Like Stellar is one of them, they continue to announce major partnerships, major projects. Um, there's so many. I, 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 gotta, I gotta put out Cardano, man. The reason why I'm gonna put out Cardano, I know what love us. Some people love American made, right? And if we're going digital and everything, Cardano is American made. I like it. American made. What is this? American muscle. Like, you said what? Like the Ford trucks. You know, like them. You know how everybody used to buy like the old school American cars, American muscle. Yeah, man. That's, that's what you're equating to. Um, I, I, I would do that. Oh, only invest in American companies. So I'm assuming some people are gonna do that with crypto. That's true. The other one, I called it out last week, but um, and it's it's a little difficult to get I'm not gonna lie but you can't get it on Binance is a FTX token FTT it reminds me of um Binance you know yeah I continue to be a big believer in that one um yeah those are my picks man Ethereum obviously goes without saying like you you gotta you gotta have some type of exposure to the king you know what I mean um there was one that I was, I kind of got off, like I kind of stopped at over the years, these past few years, but I'm starting to pay attention to it a little bit. It's Omas Go. I'm looking at them again. Come on, um, son. Yeah, come on, son. Nah, son, yo. <laughs> son, come on, man. Yo, man. Wait. Backpelling, boy. What's wrong? <laughs> nah, you man. I, I can't rock with that, man. <laughs> Don't, don't, um, don't what's wrong with me, man. Like, yo, 
was like, oh, he's a he's an Omar's go chin. Um, and then that's the yo, third all coin he mentioned. Your your finance. That's another one. Loop ring. Shout out to Loop Ring. Loop ring. That that came up. Um that's on the come up. I remember you talking about that one. Um Ren is another one that's just been getting busy. It's up 47%. This Um, some of these 2017 coins. Though, I'm not going. I'm, I'm not going there. I'm not. I'm not rocking with Icon, ICX. It'll go up though. Throw a dart. Um, the EIP. What, what was the joint you was talking about? BIG. <laughs> oh, the Ethereum Improvement Proposal 1159. Yeah. Talk about that. Why is that? So saying? my biggest issue with ETH is that there's an unlimited supply. It's an unlimited supply, it's slow, and it's expensive. So one of the reasons that it's expensive is because block space is limited. So when you submit a transaction, it's limited and it goes up for auction. Your transaction goes up for auction to the miner. And what that means is that you have to overpay. So you get this gas fee that sometimes can be 30, 40, even a hundred dollars. Well, this proposal is one, putting in a base fee where it's, it's gonna cap, you know, how much you, you actually have to pay. So users won't see gas when it comes up. They'll just be able to submit a transaction and then you'll have some sort of base fee and there'll be a couple different tiers depending on how much network activity there is. So, and that base fee is gonna be burned. So that ETH is being used as gas, that's the now the base fee, is going to be burned, so it's going to take some of Ethereum out of circulation. So that'll combat the inflation. So it's putting together a monetary model where you're starting to be able, where we're moving towards being able to actually calculate the supply or the issuance of E. You see what I mean? It's, we're not getting, it's not going to be fixed, but we'll be able to start to build a model to understand what supply is. So it won't be as simple of an equation as Bitcoin, but this actually implements a way to take tokens out of circulation so you can start to, you know, to start to project it. And then you can actually start putting numbers to ETH, um, which is important for institutions. This is huge news. This is huge news. I th- this like, I'm so much more bullish on ETH if this actually happens soon. Cause that's been one of the biggest knocks on ETH is what is the supply? That's, I mean, that's my biggest concern. It's too expensive, it's too slow, and uh, I don't know the damn supply. Yeah. This addresses all three. This addresses all three. We might just be saying eat that 3K soon. 3K? How about 100K? Ooh. Say that again. <laughs> yo, that's gonna make, yo, one of my boys, one of my boys, yo, shout out, shout out my boy Eugene, man. He stays saying, yo, when ETH hit 100K, and I'm always like, <laughs> always sending memes with the money fold. Like, yo, when ETH did 100K, I'm like, yo, I think we, I don't know if it'll ever get there. But you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a conservative guy, man. You know what I'm waiting to see? I'm waiting to see when, like, uh, some of these corporations start buying out these crypto companies to integrate them into their systems. 
one of them, one of them, one of those crypto groups or companies I could or one of those tokens I could see that happen to is parachute. Yeah. I, I like parachute. I do too. I love to see them get bought out by Apple and they integrate it into iMessage. Ooh. <laughs> How long before Apple announces that they're using some of their cash reserves on crypto? Not too long. Once I don't think start, it's that long either. Yeah, once we start seeing people, them allowing people to purchase things from the, the Apple store with crypto, man, you already know what the deal is. So, so let's set let's set an over under. Um, you think it happens this year? Yes. No, no later than January twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, so one of the top one of the things, right? Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, just another one in there, Amazon, one of them will be announcing some major news with crypto. I, I'm in Facebook. I mean, I guess I got the Libra coin. Uh, but I, I do think that Apple is going to make an announcement in this space. You think they'll actually buy, like, buy Bitcoin for their treasury this year? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I mean, T- Tim Cook is a forward-looking dude. Why not? I mean, it's like, at this point, why not? So, um... Like, why not? Yeah. Streaming services probably going to start taking that, too. I could see streaming service, services I mean, emerging listen, with like trust swap. I'm still trying like to figure... Automatic drops from your wallet. I'm still trying to figure out why... Why does Jack Dorsey want to buy a title? Or why was he even remotely interested in buying a title? Decentralized music. Why does Square want to explore, want to explore a sale, of t- you know, acquisition of title. Decentralized music. Remember, their 50 million stakers are already 3X'd. You know what I'm saying? PayPal got earnings in a couple. I, if there's any earnings report that I cannot wait to get my hands on, it's PayPal's or third. Because we're about to figure out how many people bought crypto on PayPal. I can't wait. Mm. Yeah. Uniswap's up 40% now. Uh, we're going to have to cut this episode. Uh, I got some trading to do. <laughs> for real? No, it's, nah, it's, too, real. it's too much going on in the market, so I'm moving too fast. I'm a little distracted right. because I have to move my stop loss up and shit. So... Um, <laughs> Well, with that being said, gentlemen, (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is for informational purposes only. Please do your your own research and consult with a licensed financial advisor before you purchase any stock, digital currencies, and other alternative assets. Shout out to a few of you who hit me up about week on the Ethereum blockchain. That was major. We're going to talk more about that soon. Um, but with that, we out. As always, we here for free game, conversation, and education. We'll catch y'all next week, people. I love love.